0: Nicole. Hey, Janine. How has your week been? It's been okay. I can't complain. I'm jet-lagged because, you know, um, when we recorded last week, I recorded from Hawaii. Now I'm back from Hawaii, but it's just y'all, that five-hour time difference. It's like once you get used to being over there and you get back, it's like having to get reacquainted with or reaccustomed to the time difference. I don't know. It's just um, I was just tired. I just was tired the whole time I was over there. And I was over there five days, but it was a busy five days. So the next morning, it was like, oh, you got to be somewhere by 7 a.m. And it doesn't matter that you couldn't get any sleep because you felt like it was still daylight outside. But guess what? Now it's time for you to rock and roll. I mean, it's just like no time to adjust. So what I should have done was gotten there at least a day early and left a couple of days after the conference. But since I was going by myself, I was like, well, I don't want to waste all these days and money by myself to not go on vacation with anybody. So I called myself doing like a little quick turnaround business trip. You can't do that when you have that many hours between the time zones. Lesson learned. I won't be doing that anymore. But other than that, things are going pretty good. I am unpacking all my stuff. Still no sign of the Peloton that didn't get dropped off with the, by the movers. So, uh, yeah. But other than that, slowly but surely unpacking. How's your week, Johnny? Okay, before we get to that part, did you find the piano bench? Okay, the piano bench we did find. Guess what? It was like okay. in a random box. And it was like in a box and there was like other toys on top of it. Who packs like that? Who packs a bench in a box? Is furniture?
1: Yes. Hmm. That's interesting. So we packed the bench in a box. So we found the bench, but there's no Peloton.
0: Correct. And some of the stuff they put together, like they can't find any of the uh, nuts and bolts to the pool table. The desk that they put back together, they use the wrong size on the desktop versus on there's like these little bars uh, uh, by the by the footboard of the desk, those are obviously the wrong. So they use the longer ones at the top and the shorter ones at the bottom. As a result, this little bar, this foot bar is like jiggly and they drilled the a hole through the top of my desk here and mm. then tried to put a piece of duct tape on top of it. Huh.
1: Yeah, they, they probably picked the wrong people to move. Just saying. Maybe yeah. it works for some people, but not, not for the Plenty family.
0: It, did, it definitely did not work for me. I am like definitely filing a laundry list of a claim to try to recoup some of my money, including the cost of a whole Peloton. Hmm, how about
1: that? Yeah, at that point, I feel like they should just comp your move for replacing a Peloton.
0: That move was expensive. So, I mean, <laughs> I wish the move was the cost of a Peloton. It was not, which is why it pisses me off that we paid so much money for this move and for them to pack it, right? Usually you can't really file a claim on something you pack. So if I packed the plates and things and they got broke, it was like, oh, that's your fault. You didn't wrap them with enough bubble wrap or you should have put newspaper between each one. Like that's your fault. But no, y'all packed. So y'all broke, okay? Because it wasn't broken when you packed it. So now it is all on you. So hopefully they remember that as I'm filing this claim.
1: Look, I've had some really bad moves. And I think that moving is just a bad experience altogether. But this move that you've had is just, I i feel bad for you. I do. Because this has been terrible. And it feels like it's going on
0: forever. It is. Because I was gone for, what, those five days? And it's not like I got back and everything was unpacked. I was hoping that my husband and mom would have done that. But they did not. So I got back and realized, hmm. I still got to unpack everything before people come down for this Thanksgiving caravan we about to take. Just saying.
1: Okay. We have to talk about the Thanksgiving caravan. What's the Thanksgiving caravan?
0: So my sister and her two kids are coming into town and my friend Nikki and her daughter are coming in town. And of course, my immediate family, we're all going to get in our little sprinter and sprint up the mountain because we're going to spend Thanksgiving in Gatlinburg my uncle and uh, his friend are going to meet us in Gatlinburg as well. So it'll be a total of, I believe 10 or 11 of us in the cabin for Thanksgiving. So we're spending three nights, four days there. And, but I feel like I have to have my stuff mostly unpacked. So all night tonight, I will be up trying to make sure my house looks somewhat decent. And then my sister and the kids get here. That's why I'm going to have them like more so organized. So the kids will be like, ah to do I'm like okay well you're going to color sort these uh these uh shirts and dresses in the closet and you're going to put these shoes on on the wrap in the closet so I can have the kids sort of kind of organize things because they can understand like pink goes with pink blue goes with blue you know and then my sister is gonna help me unpack finish unpacking before my friend Nikki gets there so that's what
1: we're gonna do Sounds like fun for everyone except the kids. I'm just playing. Look, use them while they are excited to do things. I'm here for it. Child labor, all for it. No, I'm just playing. But use them. Seriously. They'll think it's fun. They get to say, we
0: helped you, our Auntie Nicole unpack. No, they'll <clears throat> complain, but they're going to do it. Because this is what we do. They need to learn this early. This is what you help family. This is what you do. It Yes, you're flying down here to be put to work. This is what you're going to do. I can't with you, but that's hilarious. Listen, don't ask me for nothing for Christmas. You want to complain? You're on a naughty list. You do your job. You on the good list. Okay, you're gonna be naughty. You're gonna be nice. Which one?
1: Oh my god, not holding the Christmas gifts
0: over the baby's heads. Not, yep. No, no, yep. we can't do that, Nicole. I said what I said.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: okay. How was that's your week? Fair. How was your week, Janine? It was great. I actually
1: just got back two days ago from Cabo. Um, We went there for a wedding of sorts. It's very interesting because the couple was married already, but this was kind of like their actual wedding. I don't even know how to describe it. So long of it is short. One of Ken's friends, she got engaged and then she got married technically at her engagement party. But the wedding was supposed to be in Cabo, so they just had it in Cabo as well. So that's what happened. So it was fun. We got to meet some really fun people. We were our group, I will say, was the life of the JW Marriott in Cabo. Like it people were upset when we were leaving because the life of the party was gone. So it was super fun. Every moment that I could sit out in the sun I did and enjoyed it. And I think that I only looked at my work email probably twice the entire week. So this week was good. And then I came home just in time for my dad to return to the hospital. I was like, Dad, how? <laughs> I've been gone for a week and you were fine. And then we got back. And I think, what we, had we been back, what, six hours? It's probably like six hours. And then he, Had an episode, but thankfully, and I'm not going to dog the VA because we all know what it is, but thankfully he's going to a Hopkins hospital where they give good care and it's not the VA. And I will say this, I'm not going to dog the VA, but if you are a veteran and you would like to have good care, I would suggest that you get some care outside of the VA hospital because they are understaffed and overworked. And oftentimes, not the, the best care is given from the VA. So thankfully, my father is in a Hopkins hospital now, getting some great care. So that's how my week has been. It's been peaks and, and
0: valleys, I'll say. Peaks and valleys. Well, you know, that sucks that you came back and your dad got sick. With, so we'll be praying for him. But you know, people say step by the VA. But you know, a lot of the U.S. health system, they try to model things off of the VA. Why? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, listen, we need to throw the whole health system away. We need to start from scratch. We have gone down like a tremendous rat hole just of awfulness. It's just too much for profit insurance industry that unfortunately influences healthcare. It's sad, but I mean, that's the truth. It's too much of that. So I wonder how our listeners have been doing this week. How y'all been doing? I hope that y'all have caught up.
1: Last week, I was out of the country. Nicole was, I was technically out of the country, but I was closer than Nicole was. But we weren't really on social media like that. So we need y'all to come back to us, talk to us. And we hope that you've been listening because we did put up an episode. We did. And did you share us with your friends? Did you like, did you rate, did you review?
0: Go ahead and catch up. (laughs) <laughs> this Thanksgiving, just play us loud. Play us loud on the speakers while you're eating your dinner, okay? And join in the conversation. Go ahead. Send us a message. We want to hear from you and what your family has to say. You know, I usually play this when my family's gathering for different stuff. And they're always so surprised. They're like, this is y'all. Oh, this is good.
1: And if y'all have Thanksgiving drama, we're we always here for the Thanksgiving drama tea. So if you have Thanksgiving drama, share that with us too.
0: All right, Janine, so what's on our timeline this week?
1: Okay, Nicole. So on Friday, October the 28th, Shinquella Robinson left Charlotte, North Carolina and went on vacation to Cabo, Mexico. She went with a group of her college friends, and I will use the term friends very lightly, from Winston-Salem State University. And the intention of the trip was for her to celebrate one of those said friends' birthday. Well, it seems that there were a total of seven friends. So Shanquilla as well as six other people that went on this trip. They checked in to the Villa Linda 32. So basically they checked into a villa that they were renting. And the people that checked into this hotel were Khalil Cook, Malik Dyer, Winter Donovan, Elise Hyatt, Dejanay Jackson, and Nazir Wiggins. Allegedly, according to the records from the villa that they were staying at. Those are the people who checked in. Shanquilla spoke with her mother the day that she arrived, right before dinner that evening, and she told her mother that she and her friends had a chef and that they were going to get ready to eat and that she would talk to her later. Well, that was the last time that Shanquilla spoke with her mother. Less than 24 hours later, Shanquilla was found dead. The friends contacted her parents saying, that she wasn't feeling well, and they thought that she might have had alcohol poisoning. One of the friends even went as far to say that they couldn't get a pulse from Shinquilla. And according to her mother, every one of the friends that contacted her mother had a very different story. So no one actually told the mother exactly what happened. But the common thread between the stories was that she had become unresponsive, and it was due to the excessive consumption of alcohol. According to the spokesperson from the villa, they said that the group that was staying there called for medical help. And that happened on Saturday afternoon, the day after they arrived. The villa concierge got a doctor. The doctor went into the space where Shanquilla was, administered CPR, but was unable to revive her. She was declared dead at about 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Well, the six other friends returned from Mexico, leaving her body in Mexico. Not content with the vague answers that the mother was receiving from the friends, she and the the rest of Shankwila's family contacted the FBI as well as the Mexican authorities. So, as I stated, the friends had said she supposedly passed away due to alcohol poisoning, but the FBI and the Mexican authorities as well as the autopsy, gave the real story. So all of those entities, as well as the autopsy, said that Chinquilla died as a result of a broken neck and a severe spinal cord injury, which seemed to be a result of her being beaten. So as her family, understandably, continued to search for answers, there's a video that began to circulate and actually went viral. And that video shows a naked chanquilla being beat by who is speculated to be Dejanay Jackson. As you hear someone in the background egging on Dejeuner, and you hear a male saying to chanquilla that she needs to at least fight back. So not only did her so-called friends watch her get beat by this other friend, they watched her And recorded it like it was some sort of entertainment, like they were watching a cockfight or a fight that they had bets on. And then they egged on the person that was beating her, didn't assist her, and recorded it again, I will say, recorded it for whatever reason. Shanquilla was laid to rest yesterday in North Carolina, and her family is still seeking answers. Her family is trying to figure out what really. Happened in Cabo. While it's clear that she did not die from alcohol poisoning, as her friend stated, and it's also evident that she died from what appears to be blunt force trauma and a severe spinal cord injury, her death still remains under investigation because it's unclear as to how she was killed. It has been deemed a a homicide, which is better than we had expected, even though it's been, you know, two months or a month later. But, Nicole, unfortunately, this is reminiscent of the Tamala Horsford case. Remember, she was the one that was found dead in the yard after she was at a birthday party with some supposed friends and they claimed that she, like, fell over the balcony. Or the Kanika Jenkins case, where her friend's contacted her parents and said they lost her and then her body was found in a freezer. So it's, it's sad that we continue to see these kinds of stories, but one of the things that it does remind us is that we have to be very careful, not just as Black women, but as women in general and people, to be very honest with you, as to who we call our friends, because those very people could literally be the death of us.
0: So, you know, going back, looking at the video, I mean, I almost felt like I was obsessed because I was like reading everything, right? Like I'm reading all the posts. I'm looking at her dad's interview. I'm looking at her mom's interview. And they're saying slightly different things, you know, like the dad was like, oh, they left my baby for the housekeeper to find them. And the mom was like, no, they told me that a nurse came and tried to revive her that part's not clear. I'm not, I'm not completely clear about whose story is right. It sounds like there was a medical professional that tried to pr- revive her. Um, whether there they were friends at the scene when that happened or not, I'm not really sure. Um, it's very clear to me that they weren't like accidental, you know, accidentally hit her and then called immediately. That's very clear. And the video, it just strikes me as odd. Like one, you got a whole bunch of people in the room. She has no clothes on. You know, there's another video that shows her coming in and asking, telling people, oh, get dressed, get your swimsuits on, right? And then there's this video, which could be her going in and getting dressed to get her swimsuit on so she's naked and them attacking her. Now, where, you know, is this the first attack or has she been attacked before this? because there's some some posts on social media that said that she had gotten to another fight or the, the other girls had jumped in also and fought her. So, because she's she looks defenseless in this video, almost like out of it as if she had been beaten and then she's trying to like reason with her attacker to not hit her anymore. And this girl is just molly her throwing her around, obviously hitting the back of her neck, which is probably what's causing the blunt force trauma to the back of her head and spinal cord injury. Like she has no leg to stand on with this video circulating. And then it says that the friend that leaked it, um, you know, there's a post that has all the pictures of the friends on it. We'll have to share that. But the friend that leaked it leaked it because she was afraid. Afraid of what? You know, afraid you're going to get caught up. So you leak it to try to save your face to tell on this other girl when you also know that you have fought her. And my thing is, even if the other people didn't fight her, you know, let's say. Dejanay was the only person that fought Shanquilla, right? The rest of y'all were around the room looking. So y'all just as guilty as, as she is. That's fighting her. So you, you all have no leg to stand on. Turn yourselves in, you know, because you are going to jail and you need to. And the guy that's supposed to be her best friend, how can you sit there? I don't care if it is my best friend or my enemy. I could not sit there and let somebody else be beaten without at least calling 911. You know, if you're afraid to jump in, at least go get help. You know, go get the authorities, go get the manager, go get somebody. To intervene, But what you're saying, well, you ain't even going to fight back. You know, this is not Chicken George and a chicken fight. OK, you should not have bets on the side of who is going to win. But it definitely looked like that. And his voice saying she wasn't gonna even defend herself and fight back or something. He said listening to the fact that she's not fighting back. Just, I mean, angered me in, on so many levels. And I just wonder what in that instance happened to make these women so mad that they wanted to fight her, even if the intention wasn't to kill her. What made you so mad to to fight her? I mean, it takes a lot to fight somebody. You know, these are not high school students. These are college grads, you know, 25, 26 year olds that met in college, so they got a little bit of common sense, I think. They got a little bit of education. What made you go complete hood rat? And not just one of you, all of y'all lost y'all's mind. What did this girl do to you to make you guys so uh nonchalant about this situation and want to fight her? I feel like I'm we're obviously we're missing some details. Now, looking back at her social media and her story, I mean she's she was a gorgeous woman, you know, Um, had her own business, gorgeous, had her own boyfriend, you know, obviously very ambitious, very beautiful, very motivated. You can't help but to think these chicks real jealous, you know, and people that don't have nothing going on that's jealous will do anything to take the attention away from you. And I hate to say it, but mm, this looks like a case of jealousy. Now, I don't know what else she did to cause them to snap, but obviously very, very jealous. I don't care what somebody does. It does not give you right to put your hands on somebody.
1: I agree. If I had to guess, I would say it's jealousy. I actually did a little digging into the young lady who was allegedly the one that was beating Shinkola, And it says that she's like an aspiring medical professional. And, um, she works for some company, but it's unclear as to whether she still works for the company or what's going on. But like it appears if we're going based on what we can find on social media and the Internet that Chenkula had a thriving business. It sounds seems like she had a boutique and a braiding business. So it seemed like she was very successful. Especially for her age, because she was, what, 25. So it seems she was very successful, and I'm not saying that the others weren't successful, but from what I've seen of their posts since then, I would venture to say that she she seemed to be one of the most successful members of the, the group that went. One of the other things that I wanted to point out, Nicole, is that one of the young men, and some of the things said that it was Malik Dyer or Nazir Wiggins, so I'm not sure which young man it is, but he has since gone on and posted that he did not actually arrive until the following day. So he didn't arrive until after this happened. So he was unaware as to what actually happened. So again, I'm not sure which young man it was. There have been conflicting reports of which young man it was, but he's gone on and said that he didn't arrive in to Mexico until the following day. So he was not involved in this particular situation, according to him. But to your point, Nicole, I would like to say this. Everyone is equally as guilty, right? It's not just the young lady who beat her or the people who beat her if there was a fight prior to this particular fight. It's everyone who was involved and didn't stop it, didn't jump in and say, hey, you need to stop. The people who were encouraging it, even the person videotaping it. All of this tells me one thing, that we have a bunch of people, and it's not just in this particular situation, but all of the situations that I've mentioned where someone just happens to show up dead with when they're amongst friends with no explanation. What it tells me is we have a bunch of people that are more fearful of or their fear is stronger than their morality. Because like you, Nicole, if I see someone getting beat, even if I'm fearful of my life, I'm going to notify the authorities. Somehow, the same way that you took the time to press record on your your um cell phone you could have literally taken just that same time to press the emergency button and even if you didn't say hey this is what's happening you can let it play 911 records and i don't know what it's called in mexico but it records the conversation so they would then dispatch help it just sounds very crazy and then the fact that they all came up with this story that she died of alcohol poisoning like and there was no alcohol found in her system Everyone is at fault here. I'm not saying that everyone is equally at fault, even though that's how I feel, but everyone is at fault. And by the law, if they stood by and did nothing, they're equally as responsible as the hands that she died by.
0: Well, let me say this. Let's go back for a second. You said one of the guys said he didn't get there until the day after. Right. I need to see the plane ticket for that. That's number one. Um, Number two, you, you had to have heard about this beating before you set foot on that plane and you still go and they said they weren't there but for a couple of days so you when you turn right back around i'm confused by that something's not adding up there so why did you go down there and then even if you witnessed the beating let's like let's say y'all like oh she you know i will beat her up because she slept with your boyfriend or, or something right Let's say that that was the justification, which still isn't a justification to put your hands on somebody, okay? If somebody slept with your man, leave your man and, and, and you leave them, right? But don't put your hands on somebody, especially not killing them. But when you see this girl's unresponsive, do you not then say, oh, snap, we got to get help now. She might be, be dying. Let's get some help. Nothing in these people's brains say, let's get some help. And you know, they were probably sharing sweets. So who slept where? You know, you knew something bad was going on and you did nothing. I have no mercy. Now, one thing I do wonder is how long the Mexican authorities are going to take to do this investigation. Um, I know the FBI is involved, but I'm not sure like how much, I don't want to say jurisdiction is that thing. I know police have jurisdiction, but like Can the FBI even do anything in Mexico? So, I mean, you know, it's like they sort of chose, like, let's get her when she's out of the country because then we're not committing any murder on U.S. soil. But I wouldn't want to be in no Mexican jail either. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Here's the thing. It sounds very much like a setup because I'm not going on vacation with anyone that I feel the need to put my hands on them now. I'm not saying that it couldn't have escalated there, but it seems like such a short time period that if you felt strong enough to put, beat someone to death about something, you had those feelings before you left North Carolina. That's how I feel. And I was able to find and I'm not certain how true this is, but on the neighborhood talk, it does have that the young man's name is actually Nazir Wiggins, the one who said that he didn't arrive until the next day. So it it says that he arrived in Mexico, it shows his American Airlines flight, but it says that he arrived by 10:30 a.m, which, if the next day at 3 p.m is when she was pronounced dead and it said that she had been dead for approximately 15 minutes, he would have or should have been there by the time that she passed away or that this incident took place. So I'm not sure. What's going on, but, it, but according to what they're showing, they're saying that he's saying that he arrived on the 20, that the incident happened on the 28th, and he arrived on the 29th. But it also says, so there are conflicting reports, that she was pronounced dead at 3 p.m. on the 29th and had only, according to the autopsy, had only been dead for about 15 minutes. So, not sure who was involved, but he claims that he was not involved and he did not arrive until after it happened.
0: He's trying to show receipts. He's trying to say, "Uh uh-uh, I wasn't there. And perhaps the beating did take place the day before and they just let her lay and then she died the next day. Maybe they did beat her the day before and then just didn't care about her and then went to the room because somebody was sharing a room with her and realized, oh, snap, she's not responsive. And then they tried to revive her. Maybe she did die the next day. So maybe he wasn't there for the assault. The question is, was he there at the time that she died and still didn't do anything? Because to me, you're still accountable. I'm sorry. I have no mercy on this kind of stuff. It's either you do the right thing or you don't. And sometimes being quiet is just the same thing as doing the wrong thing. So I'm sorry that you're trying to show receipts now, but too little too late. You should have said something to your friends Or at least if you got there after the fact, let's say you got there after the body was getting carried away. When you found out more information, because you know people were talking to try to corroborate the same story, you should have told the family or told the authorities what you had heard, but you did not. Instead, y'all all go over there, break bread with the girl's mama, going over there every day until she finds out that this is a homicide and then she doesn't see from anybody. That's just wrong. I mean, that's just dirty on a whole nother level. When you know you're wrong, when you know you're involved, and you're going to sit there and lie to somebody's mama. Just just dirty.
1: But, Nicole, that's why I think that it was very calculated. And it seems like they lured her there intentionally to, to do this. Because who thinks it, it seems very premeditated? Because who thinks of all of this and then goes to such great lengths to cover it up if, there, if it wasn't premeditated? And why were you egging it on? Like at at 20, I'll say 21, but at 20, 21, and especially 25, you know better. You 100% know better than to sit and beat someone to the brink of death. You absolutely know better.
0: All right. So you ready to talk through some of these uh, letters? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine. I've learned my lesson, and that's not to trust anyone. I have a group of friends I've literally grown up with. There are four of us who have been friends since childhood. I felt like my husband was cheating. I didn't know with whom, but I found some inappropriate text messages sent from an unsaved number. So I kicked his ASS out of the house. Over brunch, I spilled my guts to my friends. A week later, as my husband was begging for forgiveness, a text came across his phone. For transparency, <coughs> excuse me, I asked him to show me his phone. It was a picture of some chick with her butt out with a tattoo on it. But I recognized that tattoo. It was one of my friends, Tiffany. She had that ghetto tattoo that said juicy when wet. I was there when she got that trashy tattoo put on her we all tried to convince her not to get it but she did it anyway i confronted my husband about it and he admitted he had slept with her but it gets deeper ladies when i went over to confront her the next day my friend shanae was there she thought i was confronting both of them because she started making excuses saying she knew it was stupid but she was drunk i asked what the hell she was talking about and she finally admitted that the three of them had a threesome. These, she curses, she says, bitches. I asked if for my other friend was involved and they both adamantly said no. But two out of three, you can't trust anyone. These are chicks who were in my delivery room with my child. I'm Trinae's son's godmother. I just can't believe any of this. Now they all want forgiveness, saying that it only happened once and that they all want to move forward but I don't know if I can forgive them. Ladies, what would you do? Do I divorce my husband in the friendships with all three of them and move on? Do I stay friends with them? Do I stay with my husband and end the friendships? I'm so confused. Ladies, please help Cedrica.
1: Cedrica, I almost, I would have bet my, my years worth of pay that you were going to say one friend had slept with your husband and that your other friends knew. You could pick my face up off of the floor now that you told me that two of your friends thought it was a good idea to sleep with your husband together. So not only do you have one friend that has well, alleged friend that has terrible judgment, but you have another friend that has terrible judgment and the two of them putting their heads together. Couldn't come up with a better thing to do than your husband. Look, honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit more um, let's wash our hands of the situation than I probably should be. But let me tell you this. You're not ever going to trust your husband anymore and you're not going to trust your friends anymore. And to be very honest with you, I would be surprised if the two other friends didn't know that the threesome had happened. So I wouldn't trust those hoes anymore either. And yes, I called them hoes. That's how I feel. Why on God? First of all, I'm still at the point of how two grown people, well, three, including your husband. Not near one of them had the moral compass to say, this is probably not a good idea. And just for that, I say, get rid of them all. I don't know how to clean this up. I think that you should probably go to some therapy because this is, this is traumatic. It's, it's big T trauma. It's the people that you're supposed to love and trust and care for the most. The people that are supposed to love and trust you and care for you the most are literally betraying you. In the worst way, I, I say, I say, throw them all out. What you think, Nicole?
0: You know, usually I'm the person that's trying to salvage relationships. Uh, uh. Listen, your husband lacked judgment, not once but twice, because he slept with your friends in a threesome at the same time, and these chicks had no remorse. And you know they had no remorse because. Who was it that was sending a coochie through a text message? You know, uh, I believe, you know, you still texted my husband even after the fact. So you really are not thinking about me. This is not like you slipped up. Y'all were having a good time. You know, you got drunk. One thing led to another and all y'all, all all of a sudden y'all in a threesome lies you tell. Okay. Because one, it ain't no threesome text messages. It's just between you and my husband. So You probably had some side piece by yourself in addition to the threesome. Okay, let's be honest about that. Number one. Number two, this is not, we had a good, you know, we, we got lost in the sauce and all of a sudden we forgot what we were. You know, he forgot whose vagina he was in. Lies, right? The string of text messages and the calls from the unknown number tells us that you're trying to sneak around. You're trying to be sneaky behind my back. You're trying to have a prolonged relationship whether it's just sexual or whether it does have some deeper affection and intimacy there, you're sneaking around. Okay. It's not just once. So you're lying to me. So one thing I don't like are liars. You're lying to me about that. You lied to me about sleeping with my husband. Then you pulled the other friend in there for a threesome, which means that like, you just don't care who you with. Like you really gonna have a threesome with somebody's husband when their wife is not involved. You know, I know some married couples get down like that. Right. They invite another person in, but that's a mutual understanding between that man and wife. If you want to invite another couple into your bedroom, that's fine. If you like it, I love it. If that's what y'all agreed upon, that's fine. If the other person's consenting and that are a child, I'm good with it, right? But obviously, she ain't nowhere involved. Is she in the threesome? No. Okay. Did she invite you into the bedroom? No. Did she give her husband a pass to sleep with you? Obviously not. So I would definitely toss them away. Okay. They're done. And that third friend that didn't do nothing, I'm sorry. I You remind me of them, so you got to be done, right? Like every time I hang out with you, I remember the mother too. So we all done. I'm getting rid of the three friends, even the one that didn't have anything to do with it, okay? Unless she comes around and say, girl, I'm so sorry. These chicks are just trifling. I would never do that. And she would have to earn my trust, even though she didn't, she didn't offend, but she would have to put forward that effort because I would not trust any of that friend circle. Now, as far as the husband, as for the husband, You got to throw him away. He just slept with two friends, right? And he's having constant communication. You know, if you're unhappy in your marriage, you talk and say, I'm unhappy. Okay. There's something I'm lacking. Give her a chance to give you what you're lacking. And if she can't give you what you're lacking, then you say, you can't give me what I'm lacking. I got to go. Okay. But there's certain things that are off limits. Sleeping with her best friends is off limits. You know, I might've given you a pass if, something was going on, she wasn't fulfilling her wifely duties and you went and crept and slept with somebody random, okay? We probably could forgive that and say, okay, well, you slept with somebody random, you won't ever see them again, you don't have any feelings and she wasn't doing her part. But you have no leg to stand on whenever you sleep with somebody's best friends that they grew up with, none, okay? You didn't tell her you weren't happy, you didn't leave, you didn't ask for a divorce. Instead, you like, let me dib and dab and all of this, all her friends, and she can go to brunch and, and tell all her friends that I cheated, and guess what they gonna do? Run back and text me their juicy when wet uh pictures. No, that's just wrong on a lot of levels. It's wrong. So unfortunately, you gotta get rid of him too. You're never gonna trust him. Cause if he can sleep with somebody, he knew that was gonna hurt. You sleep with somebody that you grew up with, those are like sisters. You knew that was going to hurt, and so he did something with disregard to your feelings at all, you got to let him go. I mean, usually I'm the one that says, let's work through this. Let's go to counseling and therapy. There is no way you're going to be able to move past this. Let him go.
1: Nicole, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for saying, let him go. Because you will try to hold on to a marriage until the wheel not fell off and you Flintstone in it. But I'm proud of you for telling, because that's, that's too much. Because it's just a constant... Re traumatization every single time that you go to pick up the phone and call your friend or you go to talk to your husband, you just have to continue to remember that I am proud of you for saying, ma'am, you can just let this relationship go. All of them, friends, husband, let it all go. Start anew.
0: All right, Janine. So, what does your letter read? My letter says,
1: Nicole and Janine, first, love the podcast. I feel like the episodes can't come out fast enough. I feel kind of silly writing in, but I figured. Hey, why not? Here's my dilemma. I have a friend that I love dearly, but our friendship is becoming a little strained. While my other friends have been telling me that she's jealous, I refuse to believe it, as we've been friends since elementary. We graduated UAB together, and she's helped me build my company. I like to say that she's the gale to my Oprah. When I recently expanded my logistics business, to the Midwest, I began to notice that my friend was acting differently. I began to see the jealous tendencies that my friends had been referencing all along. Unfortunately, we had a heated argument that almost became physical, and she quit. I haven't heard from her since. It's been a month, and this is the longest that we've gone without speaking. Ladies, how can I mend fences with my friend? I don't want to let 30 years of friendship go down the drain. Signed, Tasha. All
0: right, Tasha. I know the beginning of this episode, we're talking about friends that, kill, that killed their friend, right? But not all friends are like that. One, I do think if you are very successful, you do have to watch the company you keep, right? There will be people that are clapping for you in the beginning. And then once you make it, once you get too far up, then they're, they're looking like a little jealous. So you have to ask yourself, are people in your ear that haven't been around telling you this, or do you genuinely feel like this? Sometimes people can speak stuff to you and start pointing stuff out that has been there all along and it's not that big of a deal. But since somebody else said it, now you're like, oh, she jealous, right? I'm wondering more details about what the argument was about. And the reason I say that is because this is somebody that's been friends with you, for 30 years has helped you start and fund your business. And I'm wondering, have you given this person their share of the business? Are you having arguments because now that your business has grown and become profitable, that you're not actually giving her a stake or compensating her for what she's doing? Because let me tell you, I'm real big on I want my friends to help me, but you shouldn't expect anybody to do anything for free. If she's sacrificing her time, energy and contributing financially, then she should also benefit from the growth financially as well. Okay, so if your argument was about, hey, you hiring, you know, Hannah over here to be your assistant and paying her. But I've been your assistant busting my butt for all this time, and you haven't paid me a red dime. If it's something like that, then then listen, you got to check yourself, okay? Because that means that you are not valuing what your friend brings to the table. And some people do take people's friendship for granted, right? You just assume your friend is going to be there all the time. You just assume that your friend is going to work late hours and travel with you and pay for their own way, right? And then when you make it, you forget to put your friend in the budget. I got a problem with that. So the question is, what was the argument for? And was she justified to say, hey, you haven't been giving me my due diligence and I bust my butt just as hard as you to make sure you can succeed? And how dare you say that I'm jealous of you? Or how dare you put somebody else over PR when I've been doing all your PR all this time? You know, so there's something, there's something lacking there. Just like we had a big fallout because people said she was jealous. And then we had a big argument. I haven't talked to her for a month. You got to check yourself if that's the reason. So I uh, really want to know why the argument and why do people think that she's jealous? More details are needed here because in this situation, I'm just not really convinced.
1: Nicole, you and I are skeptical. We're on the same page today because the first thing I thought was, Hmm. So you had an argument. You didn't give us the details as to what the argument was about, but you said it almost became physical. Why is it that a friendship of almost 30 years or over 30 years would become physical? Y'all too old to be fighting. Real talk. Y'all are too old to be fighting. And what is it that you all can't discuss after you've been friends for 30 years? I, I don't understand. And the, the other thing that I thought, Nicole, is you're probably absolutely correct with the idea that maybe she's not giving her friend her due. Like, if she helped you build this business, y'all been friends for 30 years. You did say that she was the Gail to your Oprah. Why are you Oprah? Not saying that Gail isn't great in her own right, but it, it almost seems like you have her in this kind of background role based on the way that you wrote it. So I'm confused. Like what happened? We need some more information because Tasha, from what you told us, it sounds like you might be taking your friend for granted and she might just be done with it. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Now, Tasha, if you want to write in and tell us that the girl been stealing from your company, that's something completely different. Like if, if there's some details that you're leaving out to protect your friend, then okay, we have to have a a deeper conversation. But you need to tell us because from this, it really kind of implicates that you might not be doing your friend justice. And you might kind of be leaving some things out of the story so that it sounds better when you write it into us. You you said that you felt silly writing into us. Don't feel silly, girl. We love to get the write-ins. But we need you to give us a little bit more detail because Tasha, she might just be frustrated that you're not you're not giving her a cut as you should you did say she helped you build this business so make sure she's you know getting
0: her due listen and if you oprah and or if my best friend's oprah and i'm gail i'm good with that because listen oprah pulls gail up okay So if you are the only person benefiting from your relationship, then that means you are using your friend. You're not Oprah and she's not Gail. You're just somebody randomly successful, and she's just somebody that's helping you that you're using. So how have you, how has y'all's relationship benefited her? You've told us how it benefits you. Now, what have you done for her lately? What have you supported for her? I would want to know that because friendships are supposed to be mutual. Okay, they're mutually advantageous. So, how is the friend benefited from this? Just saying. Anyway, what did I mean? What did you learn new this week? Okay, so I got this
1: information from a study that was done by the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime, and it's. Basically said based on their findings it said that while men are more likely to be killed by a friend or acquaintance as of 2020 approximately 47,000 women or girls were killed annually by their intimate partners or other family members so that means that not only do we have to look out for our friends we also have to look out for our family members and it also means that if we break this down, that every 11 minutes, a woman is killed by someone in her own family. Let that sink in. Every 11 minutes, somewhere in the world, a woman is being killed by a member of her own family. It's very sad. What did you learn new this week, Nicole?
0: Uh, so a couple things. One, looking at those stats, because I remember those stats. The thing that was alarming to me was when you look at Family members that commit homicides. Twenty three percent were children under age thirteen. You know that that to me struck me to the core. You know my thing: don't hurt the babies. You know, hurt yourself, don't hurt the babies. So uh, that really um, stat really upset me. But what I want to report as learning something new today were uh, reasons for jealousy that. Is reported by Psychology Today, and it says that research has identified many root causes of extreme jealousy, including low self-esteem, feelings of possession for others, particularly romantic partners. Also, the key motivator is fear of abandonment. I know, right? Don't want to be alone. Crazy.
1: Which jealousy actually, in, for me, pushes me further away from people. Like, oh, it's so sad. Why can't we all just be happy with who we are and the things that God gave us? We all have uh, have reasons to be grateful. I just don't I don't get it.
0: That should be the motivational moment, Johnny, but it ain't. My motivational moment is a little bit more sarcastic. Are you ready for it? (laughs)
1: Let's hear it.
0: You know, usually I like to quote Black women or quote some type of black historical figure or someone that is very uh, pro-black, if you will. This week, not saying she's not pro-black, but she's probably the furthest from it. I'm quoting Paris Hilton. And I say that because she has a point. And she said, jealousy is a disease, honey. Get well soon. Now, I usually don't quote Paris, like I said, but she had a point. Some of your friends and even family members have this disease. Pray for them, but keep them close and watch your back. Some people might be asymptomatic carriers. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Bye.
1: Oh, that's deep. Black women conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, that's deep. Black women conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, that's deep. Black women conversations on IG at Oh, that's deep. BWC. Oh, that's deep. Black women conversations is a mean old lion media production.